Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And we're back this week with a new episode, I Never Promised You an Olive Garden. Yay! Uh, we didn't go to Olive Garden, unfortunately, before I, this episode. I actually went with my parents about a week ago. Oh, well, that doesn't count. I mean, it was delicious. I hate you. We went during the tail end of Never Ending Pasta. You didn't bring me leftovers. I totally brought leftovers home. I just ate them. Wow. Oh. Yes, Eliza meowed too. She wanted the leftovers as well. I think I did let her have a lick of my Alfredo. Oh, you want Eliza have some and not me? I ate it for lunch when you weren't home. <laughs> All right, listeners. This week's episode, like I said, it takes place in Olive Garden in part, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it features the return of Robin Allen, which we're not super duper thrilled about. <laughs> but anyways, let's get to the episode description and then we'll jump right into it. All right. Uh, Will and Grace find themselves cheating on their old, dull friends, Robin Ellen. Karen can no longer dodge the parent-teacher conference at her stepkids' school. I take issue with that in that it doesn't sound like Karen has been dodging this parent-teacher conference at all in the episode. I think there's a throwaway line about that. I just mean, like, that wasn't, like, central. Like, I would no. much rather have that, like, description be, like, Jack faces some childhood fears. It is very interesting that that description avoids mentioning Jack's plot, even though Karen's Part of it is very incidental. Yes, like Karen mostly just kind of acts as like the reason that Jack gets in the place that Jack gets into. Right. So. Well, let's talk about the A-plot first. All right. Uh, Miss the Return of Robin Ellen. I think we've seen them in season two so far, haven't have we? Have we seen them in season two? The last real memories I have... Oh, they came to Grace's sad dinner party, I think. Yes, they did. I think that was the last time we saw them. Yes, and then the time before that was when we had the Grace's Too Competitive... Yes, the okay. Alley Cats episode. Yes, so we had some competition shaming happening at yeah. Grace, and then we realized that it really is Will too, and then they kicked their asses at bowling. Right. Rob <laughs> and Ellen don't have a real great track record uh, for us, but I mean, that, that's intentional. Yeah, like, I mean, I guess I get their appeal, like, Matthew and I were talking before this, and Matthew specifically said, like, they're like the less cool, like, they're the squarer versions of Will right. and Grace. They're like hetero Will and Grace. Exactly. And I know we talked about this in, I think, the Alley Cats episode for sure, their function on the show is really to be a foil for Will and Grace. Right. They kind of just show how on Will and Grace are with their clicking because Robin mm-hmm. Ellen just don't click as well as Will and Grace do, but they're like a romantic couple. Right. Exactly. It's also interesting that there's a, a more complex, violent dynamic between Robin Ellen yes. sometimes. Also, thing I want to discuss perhaps a little bit later, are they married? I don't know. I assume they must be married. Because, like, I, I feel like I have vague memories of their marriage being a thing, so maybe they're not married. But there's this bit at the end where he's like, we should, I'm going to go get, take care of the check. And she's like, you don't want to split the check? And he's like, no, I got it. And she's like, that makes me so horny. And then Will and Grace rightfully are like, ugh, heteros. <laughs> I think they're supposed to be meeting Will and Grace, though. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't 100% sure on that. It kind of felt... It felt at first like they were splitting between themselves, but then when Will and Grace came in, no. it felt like an apology. No, I feel like Will and Grace had not told them they were coming to the Olive Garden, mm. though, is I think that they were surprising them at the Olive Garden. I see. So maybe they're not married, but Dude, it would be very strange because they are a hetero couple. And no, okay, I am remembering there is a bit, I think it might be either later this season or in the next season, where they do discuss their upcoming nuptials. So I think oh. that they are not married. Interesting. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say that. I remembered that very suddenly. I don't think they are married, but I think they have been together for a long time. That makes them, like, 1% more interesting. No! No, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, Rob and Ellen are boring, and I am bored every time they show up, and I know we're supposed to care, but I don't. Well, I mean, like, here's how boring they are. They're at, what, like, a Benny Benihana's or something? They're, no, they're at a dim sum 
restaurant. Like, yeah. it's, you know, just like your classic, they show it in every fucking movie or TV show that takes place in New York. They go to get dim sum, and it's like, they give you the little plates, and they're I like, I, I want this, that, and I want that, and I want that fried thing. I guess I'm being the square now, because I guess I didn't realize that was a genre of restaurant. Well, that's because, you know what, it's fine, we won't talk about it, it's fine, I just, I lived in London, it's fine. <laughs> but I remember, like... Looking at the episode, being surprised, like, oh, there's, like, a buffet cart full of food. Right. And so Rob and Ellen are like, this food is too foreign. It's, like, a type of Chinese food that I can't just point to a number. And it comes <laughs> it comes with chicken fried rice. Oh, right. no. And, like, they were, like, mad that their white rice came in a leaf. <laughs> what? Why I did, forgot that. What is your problem? Like... So, and then the whole restaurant is, like, family style. So the whole, the introduction of the characters whose names I'm going to keep forgetting, so I'm going to call them John and o- Yoko. Until John I, and Oko? John and Oko. Trademark. Snow is falling. <laughs> okay. All the time. Okay, you guys. So you don't know this about Matthew and I, but there is this album by a band called Bleachers that we really love. It's amazing. And uh, one of the last songs features Yoko Ono, and she just sings this kind of haunting refrain where she's like, snow is falling all the time. And it's terrifying. So go listen to it. We'll put it at the end of the episode, so you can't miss it. Yeah, well, or we can stick it in the show notes, too. Or something. What is that song even called? I literally don't even remember off the top of my head. Oh my god, it's, uh, oh, it's called I'm Ready to Move On. Right. And then it's like, slash Wild Hearts Reprise. Well... You know, that's a good segue because Will and Grace are ready to move on. Because the whole point of this episode is that they end up hanging out with John and Yoko instead of Robin Allen. Yes. And you end up with this great, like, borderline slamming doors moment where, like, they're blowing off Robin Allen, so they've got John and Yoko in their apartment. Right. But then, all of a sudden, Robin Allen show up because the because big lie has been that, that Will is sick. Yes. So they come to, like, bring Will soup, which, like, who the fuck does that? Nice people. But they, like, live on I mean, I don't want to be one of them, but, like... They're nice, and like, they're Hufflepuffs. Like, okay, Hufflepuffs are fine, but, like, I would, if I felt bad and someone I knew didn't live, because, like, they live in the burbs, if I didn't live in the city, I would, like, order takeout soup and have it delivered at their house. That's true. Like, I would not drive physically with potentially homemade soup. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just, is weird. that's an overcommitment, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. that would freak me out. Like, I would be like, oh, that's so thoughtful. Get the fuck out. I want to hang out with my cool friends. I mean, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick with a boogie fever. But then they end up like dragging like Grace is outside in her like sexy. Oh my god! She calls it her naughty nurse costume. Oh my god! She's wearing like straight up like a red pleather tank top, like with spaghetti yep. straps, with matching red pleather bell bottoms. Oh, oh, such a great look. Right. So like essentially like we 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 have like a brief moment where we get some backstory on them, which is that like oh la 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 um. Boring people, Rob and Ellen, left the dim sum restaurant. Mm-hmm. Then they hung out with John and Yoko. Right. And then John and Yoko took them to a club. And then they made plans to go see Elvis Costello with John and Yoko. That's what it was. I was trying to remember what the actual thing they were but doing But they had was. already planned to meet Rob and Ellen at the Onion Garden, as John <laughs> likes to call it. Um, so they have to get out of out of this plans with Rob and Ellen. Thus, the Willish Sick shenanigans that leads right. to the beautiful farcical adventure of an episode we get. Because they start taking them into Grace's apartment, because... Reminder, Grace doesn't live with Will anymore. Yes. Um, the show has not been, like, hammering that home lately, but surprise, she has her own apartment. Yes, because, so, what's her nuts, the boring one? Uh, what the fuck, the fuck? Ellen. Ellen. Ellen has to pee. <laughs> you have to actually remember their names. We're professionals. God, are we? So, Ellen has to pee. Right. And then that also sets up this beautiful joke where, then so she's, like, going into Grace's apartment to pee, and then Grace's like, well, Rob, aren't you going to go with her? And he's like, what? 
there. And so then Rob follows her, like, perplexed, but then, oh, no, like, meanwhile, like, like, Will is, like, trying to deal with John and Yoko, who are coming out of their apartment, being like, we're gonna go get a cab, and then Rob and Ellen come out right as they get in the elevator to be like, Grace doesn't have any toilet paper, can we go into Will's apartment? And Grace is, like, trying not to get them into Will's apartment, because she thinks that John and Yoko are still there. Right. But then John and Yoko aren't there, so then they let him go into Grace's apartment, and then, like, Rob's just standing in the hall, and they're like, well, aren't you gonna go with her? <laughs> And then it gets even better because then, oh no, all of a sudden, um, they realize, John and Yoko realize that they need to pee. And so they come up and they're going to Grace's apartment to pee. And then they're like, and they're like, well, dude, can't you go call the cab? And John's like, I have to go with her. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It is a good, it makes a good setup in a matter of like five minutes tops. Mm. Um, this show is really good at that sometimes with, you know, it does a really good job of creating a running gag that right. doesn't last the whole episode. It really only lasts a short period of time. Right, but in this, like, brief pocket, it's, like, almost like there's a mini bottle episode that happens inside this hallway yes. of this episode. Yes. And it's amazing. I love it. Ugh, it's so good. <laughs> I think the the lesson that we learn at the end of this is that Will and Grace need better friends, unfortunately. Because yes. neither John Yoko nor Robin Allen are great friends for them That's or right. to them. Like, and, like, I feel like the episode's overall takeaway that they want us to have is Will and Grace shouldn't lie, and they should be loyal to the friends they already have. Right. Because if you lie, you're going to go out to a club, and you're going to get really hungover, and then you're going to wear sunglasses inside, like Matt Murdock. I mean, or Grace's ridiculous, like, sleep mask that had eyes in it, which didn't make <laughs> any sense, but it was terrifying. But, like, here's the thing, and, like, I'm sorry to say this, but, like, Rob and Ellen suck. Mm-hmm. They suck. They are boring. They don't ever want to do things that Will and Grace want to do. They don't even live in New York. They like, don't even live in New York. Like, I just don't understand why they're making so much of an effort. Like, yeah, it sucks that they blew them off and they probably shouldn't have lied. But, right. like, you know, like, just fucking get rid of these people. Don't hang out right. with them much. Like, canonically, their relationship with Robin Ellis, they knew them in college. Yes. Like, 15 years ago. And they're still friends, which is super cool. Like, that's cool. We're celebrating our 10th anniversary next week of dating. Like, it's super important to have friends that stay with you for long periods of your life. Yes, we're totally okay with that. But that said, we made it work, like, with a lot of effort, and neither of us are boring humans. Right, but, like, it just seems like Rob and Ellen only exist to show up in Will and Grace's life and then complain about all the things that Will and Grace think are fun. That's the thing. Rob and Ellen are not good friends to Will and Grace either. No, I mean, like, I understand that Will and Grace sucked, and they they fucked up this episode. They did not, they were not good friends. But, like, Rob and Ellen came all the way into the city to go to a dim sum restaurant and then whined the whole time about, like, nah, right. I don't like the food. We're just going to leave. Yeah, they started it. Like, you guys suck. Go home. Yeah. Like, we're not meeting you at Olive Garden. Fuck you. Also, as a reminder, this is taking place, like, 10, 15 years ago. So, like, there isn't an Olive Garden everywhere. Like, right. they probably had to drive, like, to the local Olive Garden for them. They're not meeting at, like, the Times Square location. But when you're here, you're family. I don't think they were using that slogan yet. Actually, they probably were using it because they did give it up recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I should also disclose, I was once upon a time an Olive Garden employee. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you that scene that they had at the end of the Olive Garden, not a traditional Olive Garden setup. That's like how the Cheesecake Factory in Big Bang Theory is not even close to like what a real Cheesecake Factory looks mm-hmm. like. It's like, I understand the name dropping. I get it. But like, that's nothing like an Olive Garden. Like, <laughs> where, where's the fake Tuscan decor? Mm-hmm. Like, where, where where are all the waiters? Robin Ellen should have already had breadsticks by the time Will and Grace got there at the end of the episode. Oh, well, I think that was the thing, is they were supposed to be done with their meal, which is why we know that Grace and Will showed mm. up and surprised them. See, but even then, there still should have been breadsticks on yes, that table. There's always breadsticks on the and table. And where are the doggy bags? Like, I'm sorry, but no one goes to Olive Garden and finishes all of their food because they ate a bunch of breadsticks first. You know who does? Hmm. Robin Ellen. Ew, gross. They suck. Yeah. Okay, actually, you know what? 
I did used to work at an Olive Garden, and I have witnessed several people who did finish all their food, and they are not the type of people that you want to hang out with. So if Rob <laughs> and Helen are the people who are finishing all their food, they suck. They probably don't even tip well, and I don't like them. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Jack's feelings. Just Jack's feelings. Just Jack. Oh, my God. There's more of a pop to it. you got to pop it up in your chest. <laughs> I wish you could see what I'm doing. Like, we should maybe make a video just of me. I think we shouldn't. I think we might burn out some eyeballs. Just because I'm not wearing a bra? I'm No, that wasn't even the problem. That was, like, fifth on the list of problems with what you're doing right now. Is it my cub shirt? Yes. So, as we said before, uh, the description of this episode is all about Karen, but that's really incidental to the actual plot that happens. Right. So, like, basically the Karen thing is, like, oh, no, she's got to go to the school, something to do with her stepkids, and uh, Stan can't go because he's either having some work done on his Mercedes or his kidneys. She's not sure. Right. So she asked Jack to come with. Because Jack needs something to do this episode. Yes. And apparently it's face his fears. Yes. Face your fears. Run with scissors. We can't sing a song from Craziest Girlfriend in every episode. Yes, I can. We can't do a podcast about Craziest Girlfriend. I'm already overbooked and so are you. Okay, that's true. Also, our friend Ryan is really trying to convince me to do a podcast that's either about Alias or Charmed or possibly both of them at the same time. We're thinking about calling it Jalius. What do you guys think? <laughs> Anyways... Jack's big fear is kind of a, a classical adult gay fear, which yes. is that he was bullied in elementary school. Yeah, and so he really doesn't want to go to elementary school. He um, he says a couple of things which they play for laughs, but I found very interesting. Like yeah. he, he says that he has PTSD because he was bullied so much in elementary school. And he like... Yeah, I don't think he says it quite like that, but yes, that no, is what he, he literally says. says, like, it's like my nom. I have PTSD. Okay, that must have been it then, yeah. And I remember know, he said something about nom. Like, like, I understand that it's play for laughs, but like... I think it is actually kind of glossing over the fact that there have been studies and bullying victims do occasionally manifest um, like symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Like it is entirely possible that elementary schools are like his knob. Right. And like I feel like the show kind of just kind of like wipes that away. And mm-hmm. like I understand it's a 30 minute sitcom. They probably didn't want to like let's have an entire episode dedicated to PTSD. However, if you're looking for something that does do that, please watch the episode of You're the Worst. It's entirely from Edgar's perspective. It's hilarious, and it will make you sad. I think maybe one other thing that's at play here is my impression of PTSD in, like, the cultural context of that time period is I think it really wasn't referred to outside of the exact joking context that Jack referred to it. Yeah, I think that is... the idea that a regular civilian could have PTSD was not... At least as far as I remember, right. I know really established yet. Right, and I can't remember what article I was reading, and it may have been an NPR story, so okay. so bear with me. But it was sort of talking about like the evolution of what we now call PTSD mm-hmm. is like how it started as like um uh just like they had different words for it like in the Civil War and it was always right. referred to in a military contest. Right, contest. like shell shock is the really famous. Right, one. and then we get to World War One where we have shell shock and then we have like um like it was like trench syndrome or something like that. It probably would have been trench syndrome in World War One. Yeah, that was the big trench. But I feel like trench syndrome and shell shock were kind of used simultaneously. Yeah. And then there was a different one in World War Two. I can't remember what it was. And then PTSD kind of came out of like the Vietnam era. Right. And so we really did primarily see for about twenty years it was almost exclusively referred to um, as a thing that like veterans um, suffer from. So it's entirely possible that this is just not something that's entered the cultural lexicon of like, oh no, people outside of these very specific situations may experience post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. But now we know that, like, pretty much any traumatic event, from bullying to sexual assaults to actual, like, war, like, anything that is traumatic mm-hmm. can actually, like, leave a very lasting mark on your psyche. Right. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put that out there that it is entirely possible that Jack maybe does, in fact, have PTSD. Mm-hmm. But it, he gets up at the school anyways. Yes. Um, and... 
Karen's involvement kind of ends there because she goes into the office. And at this point, like, I'm kind of speculating out loud with Tess that, like, maybe this is maybe, like, an old bully situation resurfacing. Mm-hmm. And we actually get something that's a little bit more nuanced and interesting than uh, I usually give Will and Grace credit for. Yeah. We get this sort of, basically, these three kids run out and two of them are bullying this little kid who's very clearly coded as gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which Will and Grace gets away with a lot more than other shows because it has gay characters. Yes. Um, and then Jack kind of just talks to this little kid for, like, yeah. You know, it's the equivalent of, like, the hour-long parent-teacher conference. Right, exactly. So we get these two little kids. They're, like, stealing the, the third kid's backpack, and the third right. kid is the kid who's coded as gay. And so Jack, like... Um, he's the adult. He, he's the adult. He intervenes. Like, at one point, one of them grabs Karen's purse. It's like, you should have this, not a backpack. And Jack is like, hey, that is my backpack. That's my purse. Get the fuck away from him. Right. La, la, la. And he basically just, like, sasses them until they're embarrassed. And they to get, be fair, I think it is actually Jack's purse. It might actually be Jack's purse. <laughs> they're not, I'm not clear. I think Karen does pick it up later, but it's not very clear whose purse it is. Right. But it's someone's purse. He picks up the purse. He insults the children, saying that their style is from, like, so last year, and they're so offended, they give the backpack back, and they run away. And so then he has a nice, like, heart-to-heart with this little kid about, like... Whose name is John. His name is John. So his name is basically Jack. Yes. And I did write down in my notes, is Jack hallucinating? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have this nice moment where they discuss, like, this kid, he's not really good at sports, and he's bad at dodgeball, and that's why these other kids are picking on mm-hmm. him. And um, he says, I'm really more of a, of, a, of a playwright. And Jack's like, oh, my God, I'm a playwright. And John <laughs> is like, I wrote a one-man show. And Jack is like, oh, my God, I wrote a one-man show. What is yours called? And John's like, I don't know. I haven't come up with a title yet. I've been thinking about things like Only John or... <laughs> exclusively John, and he's like, have you ever thought of Just John? And then they do the Just John back and forth yes. over and over again. And it's, it's so great. And he teaches this small kid how to do the Just Jack hands and with, like, all the, like, it's more of a pop. It's really a cute moment, if only because, like, we never see Jack interact with kids. Right. But for him to interact with this one is so clearly about, well, you're making a face. I just mean, did you enjoy Jack interacting with children? Yes. There is more of that to come. Children! Yay! Anyways, um, it's just such a clear, like, he's interacting with the kid as an adult almost, mm-hmm. which is really helpful for the kid. Yeah, but he's interacting with the kid as an adult, but not like a condescending adult. No, 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 yeah. Which I thought was really nice. And, like, it kind of reminded me of this parallel to another podcast that I listen to. It's called The Chapter Titles Are So Good, and they talk about Harry Potter. And mm-hmm. in one of the chapters, they talk about Harry's relationship with Professor Lupin in the third book and how it's really nice for Harry to have an adult who actually listens to what he's saying and, like, doesn't condescend to him, doesn't yell at him, just kind of talks. Doesn't keep a bunch of secrets that are, like, revealed in another story, complicating the previous image of said character. Matthew has some Dumbledore baggage, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it's a nice, like, adult-child relationship where they are, like, it's based on mutual respect. And I kind right. of like that. And I saw that a little bit parallel here where Jack wasn't, like, patronizing this kid. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking down to him. He wasn't, like, treating him necessarily as an equal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do get that throwaway line where he's like, oh, it's better than talking to my therapist. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's talking to this kid about issues that they that the kid is currently facing that Jack has faced, and they sort of talk about it. And I thought yeah. it was nice. Yeah, it just, it was really kind of a cool thing for Will and Grace to do, because the show doesn't normally get preachy. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it really did here either. Right, no, there wasn't, like, there wasn't that much of that. There was a nice little, like, you know, someday these kids, they're all going to grow up and be in unhappy marriages, and you're going to be fabulous. Mm-hmm. And the kid was like, yeah, but how does that help me now? Like, it got close mm-hmm. to preachy territory without it getting really preachy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, then Jack does give him an answer. He's like, then kick the soft spots, pull their hair, and run like hell. Like, mm-hmm. 
He's like, this, you you will survive this, and then it will be better. Yeah. I kind of, it was kind of like a proto it gets better message. Versus yes. like a stand up and be yourself, you know, message that maybe is a little sugar-coated and not helpful. I got me. Yes, exactly. I liked that, because I also liked that it wasn't sugar-coated. Because I feel like sometimes now, especially post-it-gets-better movement, like mm-hmm. whenever you have a gay kid being bullied on TV, now we have to have a big after-school special-level episode where it's like a very special episode and at the end we have to encourage the kid to never change and be themselves. Right. Which is, you know, not bad, but I think it's actually kind of getting away from what the original point of the It Gets Better campaign was. It's not like, like, it gets better, so like, be better now. Like, no, No, it gets better. It gets better. Don't pretend your situation is not terrible. Right. It doesn't mean it gets better, like, starting the moment you see this video. Right. It gets better eventually, and it sucks now, and here are some resources that can make it better now. There are some concrete steps to improve it, but, like, think about the long term. Right. But I feel like a lot of, like, media portrayals post It Gets Better are just like, everyone is a special snowflake, and everything is good right now, goddammit. I think this episode in this B-plot really kind of does take the long view. It says, like, here are some short-term solutions, but, Mm -hmm. like... Think about the long term. You're a child. I'm a grown man, and I clearly have a lot of baggage, but I'm mostly okay. Right. I mean, recently I found out my father wasn't my father, but... But that didn't even come up in this episode, and it definitely could have. Yes, it definitely could have. So, good job, Will and Grace. It's possible that this episode maybe was was aired out of production. (laughs) Well, possible. Oh, well. It didn't have a real Christmas vibe to it. Yeah, it it is kind of the holiday episode. Yeah, it's kind of the holiday episode, but we sort of got that two episodes before with Homo for the holidays, but that Mm. was the Thanksgiving episode, so I guess guess they still had a couple more weeks to fill before the Christmas break, (laughs) whereas now a lot of shows kind of pause right before Thanksgiving, and then that's that's it. They're Mm. done. They're good for for a week. Yeah. And so this is the last episode that Will and Grace aired until, like, the second week of January. So not a big break, like Mm -hmm. a month. Yeah. Normal, standard... You know, not like Scandal, where the show goes off the air for like a million months. And... Well, that's because Kerry Washington keeps having babies. Ugh, I know. What a bitch. How insensitive of her. Bitch, we're not even watching Scandal <laughs> right now. Like, we're... I'm upset for the behind. zeitgeist. Oh my god. You are such, <laughs> such a journalist gay right now. You don't even work in journalism anymore. You're a marketer. You don't even work in journalism anymore. I've never worked in journalism. Good. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, thanks everybody for listening. Um... So we'll be back next week. We're not taking another week off. Nope, we'll be back. Um, I think we're planning to keep on trucking all the way through Christmas. Yep. I think the way that the holidays work out, we're actually only going to skip the week after Christmas before New Year's. Okay, Just because we're kind of, you know, always running around. I may be, you know, taking some time off because I won't do stuff at work. I don't know mm-hmm. what the schedule is going to be. My classes end about December 19th. So that mm-hmm. would be a glorious week where my only concern will be my job. <laughs> that'll be nice. Yeah, that'll be a nice change for you. Yeah, I, I, which of course means my mother has recruited me to bake a ton of cookies. So if mm. by chance you hear me like screaming and crying in the background of any podcast, it's because I burnt something. So one thing that we did do this last week while we were off is we did finally pull the trigger and set up our Patreon. Yay! Um, so those of you who are listening, if you were asking about it, it's there. You can really get to it. Yep. Just go on Patreon and search for Not A Couple. Yes, I'm pretty positive the web address is just patreon.com slash not a couple. Yeah. And also, if you have any trouble finding it, we put it in our Twitter and I believe our Tumblr description. Right. So you should be able to find it. So before we went, we wanted to give a shout out to our first patron. Yeah, so thank you so much to Lucy. She uh, pledged to support the podcast and we really appreciate it. So Now Lucy, as part of your uh, sponsorship, you do get to ask us one personal or professional question, which we will give you legal, quote unquote, <laughs> advice about. Yes, or personal advice. So it, it doesn't have to be a legal question, we promise. Right. Um, 
But we, yeah. We don't make any promises about how good our advice is, but we will give it personally to you on the podcast. Yes. So hit us up with any questions that you have that you need our input on and we will do our best or our worst. I can't promise We'll do something one. between that. We'll do something. Probably not one or the other. It'll be great. It'll be fine. <laughs> Everything's great. All right, guys. Uh, Tess, do you want to tell them where they can find us if they don't want to do our Patreon? Yes. All right. So there are a bunch of places that you can follow us out on the interwebs, including Twitter, which you can find us at at not a couple show. On Tumblr, you can find us at notacouplepodcast.tumblr.com. You can always send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Medium, where Matthew posts our amazing show notes. Woo! They're so good. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, once again, I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Happy holidays, Eliza. Winter's coming. This episode of Not A Couple is sponsored by the creepy Yoko Onoverse from the Bleachers song I'm Ready To Move On slash Wild Heart Reprise from their debut album Strange Desire. It's so weird we can't even parody it. So we're just going to play it. Snow is falling.